0: Good morning, this wonderful Monday morning again, calling to you from Puget Sound, where we're actually getting summer sunshine. So here's hoping wherever you are in the world today, your weather is as good. We're going to talk today about pivoting, innovating, and bringing your team along with you. That means, you know, mentally and emotionally. So how do you know if it's time to pivot? There may come a time when you may need to pivot. How will you know? The simple answer is you've got to test the market and do it early. You've got a great idea. You're about to launch on a new project. You're going to quit your job and do this full time. Maybe you've joined an accelerator or an incubator, and you're sitting inside, and suddenly it occurs to you maybe this idea isn't going to fly. Well, it probably occurs to you a number of times before that and you've got yourself convinced that it is going to fly and you're onto something and you've probably convinced one or two others if you're in an incubator or accelerator especially you have convinced them that they should join you because these things uh... accelerators and incubators generally require that the uh, entrepreneur already have a team in place so you've convinced somebody and they're building this stuff with you and that's pretty darn good and now it's off to the races If you are either in an incubator and accelerator or building on your own, it makes no difference. Test the market early. I find that again and again, entrepreneurs who have decided to come up with a great idea and set out to build the thing and convinced a few people that this is a great idea and off they go, fail to test the market early enough. They fail to find out whether their target market is ready to buy, willing to buy, and most importantly, willing to buy from you. So get out there and find out. It is one of the first tasks given to uh, companies that are inside incubators. They're supposed to get out on the street, talk to the average person in malls, street corners, bookstores, whatever it is, and find out what other people think of their bright idea. I cannot encourage you to do that soon enough. If you don't want to stand in a mall and ask people ad hoc, then at least go to meetups where you'll find, I don't know, technologists, entrepreneurs, marketers, whatever it is. If you're selling something to CFOs, go to CFO meetings. If you're selling something to uh, bookkeepers and accountants, go to those kinds of meetings. Insurance folks, go meet up where they do. And ask your target market specifically, what are your challenges? How is this first solution? This is what I'm building. What would you want to see in it? Would you be willing to pay X or how much are you willing to pay? Get answers and lots of answers and get them fast. Definitely bounce ideas off other entrepreneurs and get their feedback and listen carefully. Other entrepreneurs who are not building what you're building, again, it's easy if you're in an accelerator or an incubator. you got lots of folks around you. But if you're not, go to those networking meetings. Find out where the tweet-ups are. Go hang out with other entrepreneurs doing their thing. Feel free to let them bounce their ideas off you and give them some thoughtful, cogent feedback. But listen carefully. When you ask for and get feedback for yourself, are you in the right price point? How's the industry doing? Who else is out there building this? Oh, yeah, I heard this other guy was doing something. Listen carefully to that. Check your competitive landscape that way. Talk to your mentors. Find out what your mentors think of this thing. If you don't have mentors, well, we just did a show about mentorship last week. Listen to that and then talk to mentors. They have a real good sense on whether you're headed in the right direction if you've chosen them carefully. Talk to people who are in finance, technology, marketing, and administration. See what they think it's going to take to build the company that you're asking them to mentor you for. And definitely talk to venture capitalists and angels. Again and again, I hear young entrepreneurs or entrepreneur young in entrepreneurship, right, folks, tell me that they're not ready to talk to venture capitalists and angels. Not ready? You can never be ready too soon. You don't need to pitch them. You don't need to lay out all of this stuff, but you do need to say, oh, I'm doing something in this space. If nothing else, The angels and venture capitalists will instantly tell you all the other people who are doing things in that space. Oh, yeah, I heard a pitch from this other guy, and yeah, I've heard a number of pitches and so on. Dig deeper instantly. Don't let them get away with that little platitude. Dig deeper instantly. Really? Who's building that? Maybe there's an opportunity for me to collaborate, join the team, have them join me, whatever it is. Speak humbly. Don't say, oh, yeah, I absolutely, am going to build my own, and it's the best in the world, and they can all go to hell. That is not the case. These venture capitalists and angels will give you an idea of the competitive landscape. The most thrilling will be if you find that the competitive landscape they're talking about is not your competitive landscape. Because that one's pretty easy. It means that while they believe you're in that same space, you know that you are not. All you will need to learn to do is to speak about your project in different words. Obviously, the words you used didn't work. It made them think you were doing something else, and there are a whole bunch of other people doing that something else, and those guys are likely to succeed where you're too late to the game. If you're doing something else, learn to say it a different way. So maybe you're just pivoting what you're saying. That's all good. Now, what happens if you do find there's a whole bunch of folks in your competitive landscape, the VCs and the Angels were right, These are people you hadn't heard of before because they're pretty young on the playing field. What do you do next? You do what kind of one does in, in terms of learning what the market looks like in any sense. You go out and find out what that competitive landscape looks like. You see what they are offering. You find out what their price point looks like and you dig into what their team looks like. If you decide that you've been bested and there is absolutely no way you can compete. For example, Google has just thrown $100 million bucks at somebody, and they're going to build it inside the Googleplex, and, you know, it's over. It's going to be given away for free. Well, that probably is a game changer. It probably means you can't charge for what's about to be free. You probably can't compete for the kind of talent that can be hired by such a behemoth, and you probably can't raise that kind of money from some other venture capitalist to go compete against something that's about to be free. All right, you're sunk. It's time to pivot. That's not likely. In all likelihood, you will find perhaps a robust competitive landscape, perhaps a small competitive landscape. But for whatever reason, you now have a better sense of where you sit among them, and you decide whether you're going to go head-to-head, or how you can either pivot or innovate, and those are two different things. We'll talk about that in a moment, in order to make your own startup successful. We're gonna take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the differences between pivoting and innovating, which you want to do and when, and what to do if you do find that your startup is not fundable. Do we innovate? Do we pivot? And how do we bring our team along with us? How do we make them as convinced as we are that this new path is the right path? This is Jillian Musick at CEO Coach. We'll be right back.
1: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach
2: right after this. I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend certifiedknowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn, optimize, connect. Be smart. Go to certifiedknowledge.org
3: now. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page1Power. Page1Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic
2: Hello, this is Brad Geddes, the host of Marketing Nirvana, a radio show focused on getting your marketing efforts to a state of nirvana. Our next show is with Fred Valais, the former Google evangelist spent 10 years at Google, and we're going to get into quality score depths, which will make any marketer salivate for how to put these issues into play and increase their quality scores. Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org.
3: Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Next episode airs Monday, September 2nd. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on
1: WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: And welcome back. We're talking about what to do if your current startup is not fundable. What happens if you find that the idea you came to the table with turns out to be either in a competitive landscape that is so robust that, yeah, it wasn't a new idea after all, and you decide that's too hard a road to hoe. This is too steep a hill to get up. How do you pivot or innovate along the way? What happens if your target market says, yeah, that's not exactly what's going to help solve their problem, or that'll cost way too much, or something like that? Again, pivoting is in order. So, how do you do it? How do you know it's time to do it? And how do you bring along the team with you, emotionally and mentally ready to go tackle a new ch- uh, project? The first thing that happens is you're testing the market, you're bouncing ideas off other entrepreneurs and getting feedback, you're talking to your mentors. And you're talking to venture capitalists and angels who have a real good sense of the the competitive landscape and are always happy to share that with you. That's their first, nah, that's not a good idea statement. They're always happy to tell you about all these other folks who are doing it and perhaps are maybe not better, but they're certainly further along the road. All right. Once you've heard all of that and you've made a decision that it is time to pivot whatever it is you're doing for whatever reason, now the question is, is your company fundable? The last thing you do before you decide to pivot is find out whether or not somebody will fund what you're building. Again, if you're inside an incubator or accelerator, it's super easy to find out whether somebody's going to fund you. One of the big things about an accelerator or incubator right, is demo day. Well before Demo Day, the folks who are managing that incubator are going to be able to tell you whether or not they think you're likely to get funded. Much of the funding actually shows up before Demo Day. The goal is by Demo Day we will have so many term sheets and offers. They do regularly bring in larger angels, and VCs to come meet the incubated companies. After all, you competed against probably hundreds if not thousands of others to get inside an incubator that takes somewhere between, I don't know, half a dozen and maybe two dozen at the most. So that already is quite the cut, and the folks who have the money know that. Once they begin to show up, assuming you're in the incubator, you can find out very early whether or not your company is fundable what happens if you're not inside an incubator how do you do this and the answer is again talk to these venture capitalists and angels talk to them about what you're doing ask if they are considering the kinds of um, investments in your sector that would be in your industry or profession the kinds of things they look for when they do make those investments whether they would suggest that you do join an accelerator or submit to become part of one in order to get more attention from them. Venture capitalists and angels are using these burgeoning numbers of incubators and accelerators as a proving ground. Right? It's kind of the first test since you had to compete against so many others to get in. They're going over there and thinking, oh, okay, the first piece of my you know, research is kind of already done. How easy is that? I'm just going over where the food's good. I already know. But outside now, it becomes a little colder. So if you're not inside an incubator and you need to get the attention of a venture capitalist or an angel, the first thing you do not say is, I didn't get into that incubator or I didn't get into that accelerator. What you should say is, are you considering investments in this space at the Microsoft incubator? I might consider applying. And they'd say, well... Why don't we take a look at your project before you apply? After all, that means they get maybe a larger piece of the action. Definitely find out whether your idea is fundable as early in the process as possible. Now, if you cannot convince funders to put put the money down, you'll need to know why. No is not a good answer. No because, fill in the blank, is a great answer. And you need every one of those answers. It's possible that your upside is not big enough. It's not a big enough project for us, would be that kind of an answer for you. Millions is not big enough in most cases. They're looking for a shot at the billion-dollar exit. It doesn't mean you won't sell millions, but it better be 50 million or 100 million, right? They want a shot at the billion-dollar exit, they want a pretty good, reliable exit somewhere around the 100 to $200 million mark. Anything less doesn't cut it. The industry is waning. What happens if you have a larger portion of a declining market? If you've chosen a sector like that, then you're in trouble. I think I've mentioned this before here at CEO Coach in one of our prior shows. There's a grade B movie out there, and it's called Other People's Money. It's delightful. If you haven't seen it, go see. It's got Danny DeVito. And he makes a very good speech. The speech writer was just brilliant. Right? He makes a very good speech at the end, something about being an investor in the last buggy whip company in the country. You would not have wanted to have been an investor because although it was the best, it was a declining market. Check very carefully. Are you addressing a market that is already declining? I have worked with a company that was doing exactly that and pivoted within three days to address the future of the market they had been addressing in an old way. Three days. I thought, now there's a CEO I want to back. So it doesn't mean that you're sunk if that's what you have been doing. But if you cannot address the newer situation and you can't address the new landscape, yeah, then you're not a CEO anybody wants to back. If you can and you can do it quickly, oh, boy, now everybody's talking. Look what she can do. Pretty good stuff. Crushing competition. We talked about this in the first segment here. If crushing competition has shown up, it's probably a good idea to consider whether or not to go build something else or to iterate on what you were already doing. Remember, if crushing competition showed up, really one of the major players, Bing, Microsoft, Yahoo, Google, whatever, they showed up and bought something, right? IBM picked up something, and they're just going to run with it. There's no way you can compete. Well, how about you pivot and you do something ancillary that could be bought by the company because it's a strategic buy. In order to succeed in this sector, they have to own you. Just look at the competitive landscape, rethink the niche or the hole that you're about to address, and get back in the game. Even if the game you're playing is a smaller than that billion-dollar exit and it's not fundable... You may be able to build something quickly enough and sell quickly enough to go fund your next startup. If entrepreneurship is what you do, then one startup is not what you're doing. If you're passionate about a single subject and want to do that all of your life, it may be that you're more of a lifestyle business person and you want to run a company for the balance of your days. In that event, again, it may be that fundability is not top on your list. Reconsider. And finally, new technology may make what you're doing obsolete. So if all of those things have been reviewed and you do find that for whatever reason your company is not fundable, it's time to look for other funding options. We're going to take one more break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to talk about options for funding and innovation. And most importantly now, how to bring your team along with you, how to explain it to them and keep them as excited in the new venture As they have been in the start. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back.
1: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
2: Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard, looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress, and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their.com. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the
3: largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2013, September 10th through the 13th. Learn more at sesconference.com. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons, add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2013, September 10th through the 13th. Register for SES San Francisco 2013 by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website, or go now to sesconference.com.
1: WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: Okay, we're back, and we're talking about what happens if your company is not fundable. So take a look at things like options like debt financing. Getting with the picture that it's not going to be fundable means you got to look for other ways to do it. Bootstrapping, Absolutely. You go out and sell stuff to your target market, and if you can bootstrap it so that they actually pay you for product, you haven't given away a piece of your company. You may live to have the last laugh. Debt financing is a brilliant way to go if necessary. It becomes actually ever more popular. I believe it's going to be extremely popular if the new regs pass saying that in order to invest in startups, you've got to go share all of this financial information. In that case, people may just start doing things like debt, saying, all right, I'm going to invest X and you're going to pay me back 3X or 5X in a space of physical amounts of time. And then you kind of write documents around it that say, unless this and something that and collateralized by the company only. So it kind of is investment, but it's going to have to be written differently. We'll see how all that plays out. Debt financing can include, of course, pulling out your credit cards and mortgaging the house and all of that, but get a little more innovative about it. Look for folks who are willing to put down some money towards the building of whatever you're doing in exchange for getting back a reasonable return. At a time when banks are paying 1%, people may be willing to put down some money, for a promise of even 10 or 20%. There's an option that very few folks are looking at and more and more investors may be looking at, again, should these regs pass in the U.S. Find an industry partner. How about this? They pay you to build what they need to build. They're essentially outsourcing their R&D. They're outsourcing their innovation. I know one very successful startup that's done just that, They got their partner, to, you know, corporate partner, to put some money on the table to build their company. They do have a piece of the action, and it is really an investment and so on. It's not debt financing, but essentially that industry partner saying, I got my teeth in early over here. These guys are building the next generation of whatever it is my company is going to need. It's what I have to do to innovate and stay alive. So I'm just going to go get some startup to do this. Because outside the company, it can happen a lot more efficiently than inside the company. Go find companies who need that kind of thing in your sector and see if you can make a deal. Industry partner. And finally, look at the prospect of pre-sales, or even, if you will, group funding. If you look at things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, that's what it really is. It's pre-sales. The most successful companies on things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, in a large part, again, there are always exceptions, so hyperbole going here, right, in large part, are those companies selling product, innovative product product that other companies don't seem to want to pick up or that the inventor doesn't want to give away to some other company because he won't make enough on it or she won't make enough on it. So that's interesting. What we're really doing, if you look carefully at Indiegogo, is we're buying products that have not yet been built. We're putting our money down in the hopes that this guy's actually going to get his act together and build something in the hopes that she has designed something and it's actually going to work when it shows up at your place and it won't show up for the next six months, maybe a year. But we're okay with that pre-sales. There's an interesting prospect, and don't limit it just to things like online crowdsourced fundraising sites. You can also go again to industry partners and have them prepay for orders in the same way by explaining it that way. It's not something they usually do, but they may be willing they might say, all right, we'll put down X number of dollars and we'll give you that space to innovate, build, etc." We'll even give you access to some of our equipment, perhaps, to manufacture. There's a real industry partner. And the final piece today is how to pivot and bring that group along with you who has started with you in a different path. That's your early stage team. They can be reticent sometimes about pivoting. Be very transparent about where the numbers are, about what you're learning. Take their input as well and make sure that they are as excited about the new path for your company as the old path was. That's hard to do. How you express the pivot is going to be crucial to the mindset and the emotional status of the people who started with you. If you walk in with doom and gloom and say, we are never getting funding, that's probably not the way to open the conversation. But the conversation should open saying, guys, I have some important data. I need you guys to take a look at this. I need you to help me with this decision. decision." Excuse me, folks. (laughs) And when we've made the decision to move forward, I think we're going to be on a new path for this company. Grab a coffee. Let's have a talk. And with that, open the conversation and make sure that you have buy-in from your team. This has been Julian Music at CEO Coach talking about pivoting, innovating, and bringing your team along with you. We'll be back next week. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. And of course, listen to us on the mobile platform. Till next week.